Thank you for joining me for this episode of God Talk. I apologize I did not put out an episode last week, but with it being Thanksgiving week, having a bunch of family in town, and having the flu, I was not able to do so. Let me also apologize. I know this is going to be a little breathy, um, and that is just because I'm still recovering um, from having uh, uh, the flu and my respiratory tract being a little bit inflamed. And so uh, it's a little breathy, but I apologize. But I want to get out a podcast this week, and I wanted to talk about in this episode of God Talk when a nation forgets about God. I've been doing over the last six weeks for my Wednesday Bible study, Matt Walsh's Church of Cowards, and it's been a really good study talking about how the church uh, has become soft. Basically, the church no longer is doing its uh, its role as the church, and I'm going to be wrapping that up in the next couple weeks, but I've decided for my Bible study starting next, uh, after the first of the year, in January, I'm going to take a look at a book by Erwin Lutzer, and the book is called When a Nation Forgets About God, and it's basically taking lessons of Nazi Germany and some of the different uh, things that were going on within Nazi Germany, and, and the people forgot about God and the results and the implications of it, and applying it to what's going on in America today. Well, uh, I, I'll be hitting it from that angle when I start the Bible study here in uh, just a, about a month or so. But we don't even have to get into what the book says to realize that we are, in fact, a nation also that has forgotten about God. I think there's this great hope that, you know, after the elections, as we got into next year, that uh, we would move away from the radical left agenda that was really being pushed on. I, I still feel like it's the majority of Americans. It's really hard to tell, but maybe not. Um, but it, uh, it turns out not to be the case at all. I mean, even with uh, record inflation uh, and an economy that's really going to have to be put into recession in order to, to break free of this inflation, despite all of the economic headwinds, I mean, the conservatives, the Republicans, failed to uh, win any seats in the Senate. In fact, it looks like we will have lost um, two uh, and uh, and barely, just barely um, gotten a majority in the House. And so it does not appear at all that there's going to be a, a conservative turn uh, to our nation anytime in the near future. Uh, and we are, in fact, stuck with a nation that has forgotten about God. That's become very clear um, since the time of the elections. And uh, though there's still, honestly, like, I think four House seats being decided a, a month later in the United States of America, uh, the greatest technology, technological, te technologically advanced country on the face of the earth ever, and apparently... For if you live in California and Colorado, it, it takes a, a month to count uh, votes. Uh, that, that's a whole nother podcast, but um, we're going to see what the ultimate uh, majority is for the Republicans in the House. Um, but it doesn't seem like much is going to change. So we are a nation that has forgotten about God, and that is just becoming more abundantly clear the longer we stay on the path that we're on, and honestly, we're on a path that 
you just can't undo some of the stuff that we've been doing over the last 15 years, 20 years or so. There's a uh, big dust up going on with Elon Musk, and he's not only battling with the government and the Biden administration, who's you know threatening to hold him to account because uh, he doesn't hold to the narratives of the United States government and their understanding of what truth is. Uh, he allows people to say things on Twitter like, guess what, more people have died of COVID that have been vaccinated than unvaccinated. You're not allowed to say that, regardless of whether or not it's true or not. Uh, you're not allowed to say it. Um, uh, the United States of America is no longer for free speech. And uh, as a result, um, we haven't had free speech for uh, the last few years. Um, Musk bought Twitter, uh, way overpaid for it, but may have you know, saved this nation, maybe even the world by doing so. We have to see how it plays out. Musk says that basically his purchasing of, of Twitter and really bringing back free speech um, is a battle for the future of civilization. He's reinstated people like President Trump, even though President Trump has not gone back to tweeting on Twitter. Uh, he has reinstated Jordan Peterson for the sin of calling um, a, a dude a dude that was pretending to be a woman. And you're not allowed to you know, do that. That's just not considered uh, free speech. Um, and, uh, you know, he's made some other changes that have really upset people on the left. And uh, and so a bunch of people are not only leaving Twitter, but apparently a lot of people are signing up that otherwise hadn't before. And I have to be honest, I, I'm not on Twitter, um, but I applaud Elon Musk for what it is he's doing. But not only is he battling the uh, Biden administration that's threatening to uh, go after him if, if he doesn't curtail free speech. What's really interesting is apparently there's a little dust up with Apple as well. Um, and Musk was reaching out uh, through a tweet to uh, uh, the CEO of Twitter and uh, basically asking what's up. And Apple's not saying much about it, but there's been some rumblings from Apple that if uh, Musk does not toe the line in the same way that other big tech toes the line, that Apple may um, not carry their app on their uh, on their platform like they, they didn't parlor. So when Twitter went really woke, well, it's always been woke, but when it was really curtailing free speech, parlor started to become quite popular. But um, you have a monopoly in, in, in Apple and Android and what they allow on the uh, their, you know, their, their Play stores uh, in, in, in their app stores, uh, respectively. And they were able to just really uh, kill the impact of Parler and how many people uh, could use that service because uh, you didn't have ways to access those that service on your uh, iPhone or on your Android. And so um, Apple's putting some threats out that if uh, Musk doesn't toe the line, that in fact that's what they're going to end up doing with, uh, with Twitter is make it so that you can't even download the app and as a result you know you you basically could kill twitter and so musk's response to this is interesting and he says uh to um uh, the ceo of, of apple uh, cook i can't think of his first name at the moment but anyways he says uh, you know if you do this guess what i'm gonna start making phones now that that ought to get apple's attention because what percentage of people would be willing to 
move away from Apple or even an Android phone in order to be able to still have free speech with their phones. Once again, I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I, I don't really have plans to go on Twitter, but if indeed Apple does choose to uh, stop making it where you can get the, you know, the, the app for Twitter on their phones and, and Musk starts putting out some phones, guess what? I, I'm switching. And you know what? If a quarter of all Americans switch, uh, hey, Apple, how, how are you going to like that with your stock? You're probably going to like it as much as Disney likes their stock right now, which is half of what it was about a year and a half ago before they started putting out all of these different um, movies that intentionally push the LGBTQ uh, narrative in cartoons for kids. We're, we're in such a sick civilization and society that you're not allowed to have free speech. You, you, if, if you don't control speech, if you don't push a dysfunctional, broken narrative that is uh, perverse destructive to society if you don't do that then there's going to be penalties you know the world cup's going on in qatar right now and i'm not watching it i love playing soccer but i'm not a huge fan of watching outdoor soccer but you know a, a big part of what's been going on in qatar is that um you've got uh, like seven western european nations that wanted to wear these lgbtq uh, armbands in protest for the fact that in Qatar it's illegal to be uh, homosexual or to have a homosexual marriage and so that's the stance that you know Qatar takes and and you would have thought that well if that was a problem they should have decided that before they decided to allow Qatar to host uh, the event just like how Major League Baseball was just so up in arms about Georgia's voting uh, changes which has certainly helped Democrats not hurt them but it was such a terrible, just, uh, you know, racist thing that they lost their right to host the, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. So FIFA, if they were so offended by Qatar's views on, you know, certain things, they, they could have done something about it, but they didn't. And so you have these European nations that want to wear these armbands to protest uh, the, the, the lack of LGBTQ plus minus whatever rights in Qatar. And the... It came down from FIFA. Well, if you do that, um, you're going to get a yellow card. And if you get a couple yellow cards, you're going to be out of being able to play in the uh, in the World Cup. And and you know what? This is virtue signaling that goes on. It's like you know, it's kind of like the people that had signs in Martha's Vineyard in support of uh, illegal aliens until the illegal aliens came, and then they weren't so supportive. And after all. Well, that's what goes on here in Qatar. You've got these, you know, these European countries, Germany included, that you know have been so vocal in, 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 but they're not even willing to get a yellow card for what it is that they believe in. So it's easy to run your mouth, but it's another thing to, you know, put your money where your mouth is, to put your ability to play where your mouth is. Now, if you really want to do a protest, how about everyone put the armbands on and, and the whole team can. Uh, be kicked out of the tournament oh well no no I, it doesn't mean that much to me soccer is more important than lgbtq plus minus whatever rights it's sickening the world that we're, we live in uh, germany protested by uh 
since they couldn't do the armbands, they did a picture before their, their last match of, you know, everyone having their mouths covered. And you know what? They lost the game. So a little, a little bit less uh, worrying about, you know, Qatar and their LGBTQ uh, rights or lack of rights. And, and how about you focus on uh, being able to beat Japan if you're Germany? I mean, how, how does Germany lose to Japan? What's because they don't even they're not even paying attention to what they're there for. And that is to play soccer. Furthermore, why do we care what people do in their bedroom? Is Qatar not maybe guilty of some other, uh, you know, basic human rights that might be a little bit bigger and more profound than the dysfunction of the LGBTQ plus community? I, I mean, how about like women's rights or, you know, do they have some issues with like uh, with human trafficking or, you know, anything like I mean, seriously, why are we worried about what people do with their private parts in their private bedrooms? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? We live in a country that has forgotten about God. But in some of these authoritarian regimes, at least their own understanding of God, they're a whole lot more faithful to it than what we are in this country. So add on to all of this uh, something that happened yesterday. That as a pastor has me pretty riled up. And that is in the U.S. Senate, they passed a Respect for Marriage Act. And the Respect for Marriage Act is basically that you respect that gay people can be married. Now, there's a problem with that on multiple issues. First of all, that's called disrespect of marriage because marriage is something that God gave us. And for 2,000 years, uh, well, honestly, six, 7,000 years, it, it's always been man and wife. But now we're going to respect marriage in a certain way by disrespecting marriage. And that's just what the Bible says is in latter times, you're going to call evil good and good evil. So we're really disrespecting marriage, but we're just calling it respecting marriage. But here's the real frustrating part about it is 12 Republican senators went along with this. Now, first of all, we never got gay marriage in America in the first place because the majority of Americans wanted it. I'm not saying that it's not that way now but it was because it was pushed down us by the courts. You might even remember that even in the liberal bastion of California, that they voted against gay marriage, but it was the Supreme Court that overturned the vote of California and made it forcibly legal in all of America. So that places that are even conservative, like Texas, Alabama, um, you know, Nebraska, Georgia, places like that, everyone had to recognize gay marriage and allow gay marriage to take place. So. That's been the law of the land for, I don't know, the last 15 years or so, whatever it's been. But now the Senate has to come in because they're worried because in the same way that the Supreme Court acknowledged that they overreached when they forced abortion on states, they certainly overreached when they forced gay marriage on states. And so the Senate passed, they've codified into law um, that, uh, that same-sex marriages uh, are going to be required in, in basically all 50 states. Now there's a caveat and that is, is, well, if the Supreme Court overturns it and Texas doesn't want to have gay marriage, they don't have to, but they have to recognize if someone gets married in Louisiana, a gay couple. So in essence, it still forces states to have legalized gay marriage and 12 Republicans joined that. And like, why? Because you know what? This is going to be used against the church. This is going to be used against conservative Christian businesses uh, to force people to do things that go against their beliefs and their consciences. That's how the federal government does it with all of these things. It's, you know, 
with their woke agenda and so forth, they pass it into law. And then by that law, they'll come after you for being discriminatory. They'll come after you for being um, racist, sexist, whatever they can. Uh, they pass these laws so that they can come after uh, the, the ordinary person. And I'm sorry, they're going to come after the, the, the church as well. Uh, because they're, I mean, it's been that way in Canada and other places where, you know what, you're not allowed to have a discriminatory views even in your freedom of religion. I promise you it's coming because now not we're, we're not only dealing with a ruling from the Supreme Court, but we're, we're dealing with laws that are on the books, which basically says that this is, uh, this must be recognized. And you know what, it's just, it's beyond frustrating. Um, but once again, when a nation forgets God, right? We've forgotten God. And I just want to encourage all of you with, you know, Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, we're told that we need to stand firm. Stand firm in our faith, stand firm in our convictions. And even when the world comes crashing down on us, even when they, they come and take our businesses, even when they maybe padlock our, our houses of worship, when they take the close our bank accounts and take our money, I mean, we have to stand firm for what is right because we are in a nation that has forgotten God. And so I, I, th I think as Christians, we need to get past the days of patriotism. I mean, when I was a kid, everything was patriotic. It was God and country, but there's no, when, when a nation forgets God, there's not a God and country anymore. And we might longingly think back to what yesteryear was like and think we can go back to that, but we can't because the government keeps putting more and more laws on the books in which it has eroded our, our Christian values. So there is no God and country anymore, at least not the God of the Bible. And so gone are the days. Gone are the days that Christians should expect to be patriotic. I, I, how can you be patriotic? Patriotic. How can you enthusiastically embrace a country in which does not embrace the faith of the one true God and the teachings of the Bible? You can't. Now listen, the other side of that is, is we're called as Christians, we've got to support the government, and, and we do. Uh, but supporting the government, to me, is that you participate with the government. And we do have a vote still in this country, and, and we need to vote. And, and we, we need to make sure that every conservative Christian is out there voting. And, and the, some of the damage that we can undo, may, maybe we undo. But we're not going to ultimately turn the tide, because the reality is, is we are in a nation that is forgotten about God. Um, you know, I've just kind of gotten over the, the, the flu, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast. And when you have the flu, uh, I mean, some people just lay around. I don't. So, uh, you know, I'm, I was still up, you know, doing things. I put my Christmas decorations up at my house um, pretty much by myself all day having the flu. I uh, cooked three turkeys for Thanksgiving as we had a house full of people. Um, I like to say I only got my brother and his son sick. Uh, no one else did get sick that I'm aware of, uh, but uh, I cooked dinner all day on, on Thanksgiving with the flu. Um, and, but, you know, like w when you have the flu and when you're sick, it's, it's just kind of hard to um, just get up and get moving and do things. You just kind of have to force yourself to do it. Guess what? We are in a country. We are in a, a nation and a civilization that has the flu. It has a serious sickness. It has a serious illness. And, uh, and it's hard to, you know what, get up and... and do your thing. It's hard to uh, uh, have any kind of excitement for uh, the future for this country, for our children, for our grandchildren, for any, anyone, because th this country is incredibly sick. 
I would just encourage you, don't sit back, don't lay around, don't refuse to get out of your bed, so to speak, uh, but you still need to get up and you still need to participate in this country. Um, you, you still need to speak for, for reason. Um, who knows, maybe some point down the road, uh, you know, people will start waking up to the reality of, of the dysfunction that we've brought upon ourselves. And maybe we start undoing some of the things that, that we've done that is so destructive. Um, in the end, I mean, we're starting to see it with companies like Disney who have tried to push their woke agenda and their last several movies have flopped because they're trying to convince people that, you know, they're trying to convince eight-year-olds that, you know, kissing someone of the same sex is normal or right. And a bunch of parents are, are rejecting that. And so now they're, they're kind of going back to the roots. They're no longer going to be political. They're, they're trying to move to the center. Well, that, that's because you fight the fight. And Governor DeSantis in Florida has done a great job with that. Um, you know what? That's what we need to do as Christians. Um, we're in a sick world. It's a nation that forgot God, has forgotten God. It's like living in the flu uh, where it's just painful uh, to go about your day. But go about your day we must. Um, fight the good fight. Um, hold to the truth. And regardless of... of of the shame that's put on you or government coming after you, uh, we in love, uh, speak the truth and stand for what is right. Um, I, uh, hope all of you have a wonderful day, wonderful week. I look forward to talking to you next time. God bless.